Welcome to the Guided Lines Podcast, the best place for tips, tactics, and stories from fishing guides around the world. And now your host, Jake Baker. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back. I'm your host, Jake Baker, and this is episode number nine of the Guided Lines podcast featuring Justin Pickett of Noonan, Georgia. Uh, Justin is a guide at the Fly Shop Co., which operates out of Blue Ridge, Georgia, and is also a contributor to GinkAndGasoline.com. We talked about a lot of things, had a great conversation, uh, touched on some of his local fisheries around his area, Uh, His time in competitive angling on the Trout Legends circuit, discuss some of his favorite places uh, he's traveled to to fish, as well as what's going on over at Gink and Gasoline. A little bit of housekeeping first. You know I got to do it to you. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Guided Lines Podcasts. Make sure to shoot us an email if you want to come on the podcast or you think you know of a guide who should come on the podcast, guidedlinesinfo at gmail.com. Also, if you are listening to this on iTunes, please take a second before or after to rate, review, and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Uh, So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right in. This is episode number nine featuring Justin Pickett. All right. On the line with us today, we have got Justin Pickett from Noonan, Georgia. Justin, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, first things first, how has the fishing been in your area lately? Um, the fishing right now has been awesome. Um, I've, everything from bass to trout to carp, you name it. Um, I think a lot of us are anticipating a, a little more drier beginning to the summer. And uh, with all the rain that we've been getting and as recently as today, um, with this tropical storm pushing through, a lot of people are, are getting a lot of water. So the water levels have, uh, have, uh, have been where they need to be, and the water temps are staying cooler. And in turn, the uh, the fishing has been great. Um, can't can't really complain right now. Uh, you know, with the history of you know fishing in the southeast and how it can get pretty thin with the uh, with the high temps and the water temps getting up there about this time of year. It's uh, it's been good. Awesome. Um, so talk a little bit about kind of the area that you're in. Um, for those not familiar with Noonan, um, approximately where in Georgia is that? And then kind of just the fisheries that you guide. Mm-hmm. Um, in and around that area? Um, so Noonan, Georgia, is uh, it's about 30 miles southwest of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it kind of sits in a pretty cool, neat area for me. Um, I, can, I can pretty much be on whatever type of water I want to be within a couple of hours. Um, you know, being a little further south, you know, I have tons of access to bass fisheries, carp fisheries, gar all sorts of weird stuff um just more warm water species things like that um but i also have within an hour and a half drive you know i can be in lj blue ridge some of the uh some of the more prominently trout um waters and um and that's kind of what kind of what got me into into trout fishing up there spending a lot of summers up there uh, as a kid um I uh, got introduced to trout fishing. Uh, my parents had a place on Fighting Town Creek, and 
and that's how I kind of fell in love with the whole North Georgia area, um, the mountains and the, and the trout streams and everything. And that's kind of how I got my start there. But, um, you know, and then moving down here to uh, Noonan kind of put me away from that. But in the same aspect, it put me closer to saltwater. So, now I, you know, within a few hours, I can be in Florida or I can be on the Georgia coast chasing after redfish and that's awesome. sea trout and all that myriad of saltwater species. So it kind of puts me in a cool little area where I can – I can reach out and touch a little bit of everything instead of being, you know, where as much as I would love to spend a lot of time out in Montana, I would miss saltwater. I would miss, you know, some of the things that I get down here. Right. Um, you know, so I, I, it's it, uh, people kind of raise a brow like you live where, but when I start explaining to them why, I, why I'm at where I'm at and why I've stayed where I'm at, um, then they kind of start to understand, you know, it is kind of a cool place. It gives me a lot more options, and I'm not just stuck to one thing. Right. So, I mean, I, I know that a lot of people, obviously, you know, you'll you'll see a lot on the redfish and the tarpon fishing and saltwater on the fly and stuff like that. Um, but do you, what is your kind of observation on trout fishing in the Southeast or kind of where you are specifically? Um, you know, do you feel that's an overlooked fishery um, or what, what are your thoughts on that? I certainly think it, it, it does get overlooked. I think a lot of people um, tend to probably just kind of turn their nose at it a little bit. Um, and, I, and I get it to an extent. You know, I know, you know, I would, I would love to have some of Montana's waters out right. here, you know, in Georgia, you know, but, but we don't have that. So, I mean, we work with what we have. But you live here long enough, you learn that there's some pretty damn good fishing around here. Um, you know, along the southeast, and you might have to drive a little ways to get to them. But you, same same goes for out west. I mean, you know, you're not just going to wake up and there be a blue ribbon stream in your backyard unless you're just extremely fortunate. Um, you know, but we've got some amazing waters in the southeast, and a lot of them are smaller water. Um, but I mean, there's places like the South Holston. That place is amazing. One of my most favorite places. Period and you know the lower 48 to go fish it is chock full of you know wild fish and it's you know and there are some bruiser monster brown trout that will just make you pee your pants you know (laughs) chasing a streamer to the oars and um you know it's it's a lot of fun and you know it does you know tend to get a little bit of a a bad rap for some reason you know people don't think the southeast has anything you know to offer you know, a serious fly angler, but, you know, I challenge a lot of people, you know, if you can fish to some of these wild fish, you know, that get educated, you know, or these, you know, you know, in these crystal clear little streams and stuff like that, if you can catch some of these fish in these streams, then I dare put you up against any other fish. You know, if, if you're able to, you know, put it together and catch a lot of these fish out here, you can probably catch a fish anywhere. Um, you know, and there'll still be people that raise a brow to that, but, you know, come out here and check it out, you know, or don't, and I'll just keep it all to myself. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That works out for you, right? But, um, exactly. I mean, you know, but, you know, I'm always, you know, telling people, you know, give it a shot. You know, I mean, the Smoky Mountain National Park is amazing. You know, you're not going to run out there and catch, you know, 20 inch cutthroats, you know, but there's some gorgeous fish. It's a gorgeous place. And there's tons of cool places to go where there's just full of fish, you know, rainbows, brown trout. And there's some of the most amazing 
colored up fish that you'll ever see. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it does get kind of a bad rap, but in another, in the entirely different game, you know, ball game, as far as the growth of the sport, if you talk to a lot of people in the industry, they'll tell you that the Southeast is, is the largest growing fly fishing demographic, um, in the business. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe it's changed in the last couple of years, but I've talked to a few people, you know, that you know, or in the manufacturing business, you know, and selling rods and reels and yada, yada, yada. And I'll tell you, a, a ton of their business coming out of the Southeast right now. It's, it's a, there's a big boom down here um, as far as fly fishing is concerned. And, you know, a lot of that goes with, you know, stewardship and, you know, guides and, and people teaching and learning and getting excited about it. And that's a cool thing to see. So, um, you know, I like it. You know, I love, I love going out West. You know, I do it every year. Um, you know, I love going other places, you know, there's, there's places that have a, you know, a spot in my heart too, but you know, when it, when it comes down to it, I mean, the Southeast isn't a bad place to be either. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know kind of before you got, uh, before you got into the, uh, the guiding game, if you will, uh, you spent a couple of years fishing competitively, I believe. Yeah, I did. Um, talk a little bit about that for us. Or yeah, um, that was probably one of the coolest things that I decided to do. Um, I met a buddy of mine just happenstance at a local sporting goods store. I, I was just kind of like peering aimlessly through all the junk, um, you know, just killing time. Yeah, as you do and, at uh, sporting goods stores. Yeah, I mean, God forbid <laughs> you go into some place looking for one thing. You're going to be there for an hour just <laughs> right. meandering, one, you know, aimlessly throughout the store for yeah. no good reason. Um, it's kind of like, it's like Walmart. You go in for milk and eggs and you come out with a, you know, a tent, yeah. you know, and a, a kiddie pool and, you know, and a 30 pack of Bud Light. You know, yeah. You yeah. Don't make any sense, but Hey, we're going to go have fun. <laughs> I was actually, um, uh, I was, <laughs> I was just in a Gander mountain yesterday and, uh, they're closing uh-huh. a lot of their stores Take, nationwide. Yeah. Taking, taking advantage of that. Yeah. So I was, I was strolling. Everything's been marked down to retail. Oh yeah. So I was strolling <laughs> through and then probably about, I was in there for maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. And I look and I realize I'm looking at like ice fishing jigs. Cause obviously I do a lot of ice fishing up yeah, here in, in, in the Midwest. And I'm like, what it is? Uh-huh. It's the middle of June. What are you doing right now? You got to get out of here. So I had to, <laughs> I had to put everything down and step away, but. Yeah, I've been there. I mean, who hasn't been there and done that? Um, So sorry, um, sorry. But yeah, no, it's good. Um, But yeah, so, you know, I'm just kind of doing that whole thing, you know, just wandering around and just having to bump into this guy. And he was there looking for a net. He had lost his net. He was going fishing the next day. He needed a a quick little hand net just to kind of fill the void for the day. And uh, we just happened to be looking through you know, the crappy little fly fishing section. Cause you know, nothing down here really carries a lot of stuff, but that was the only place that had hand nets. He picked one up and he goes, Hey, do you fly fish? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, my name's Ben. And, um, and that kind of rolled into more things. I went fishing with them a few days later. Um, you know, and then, um, it just kind of rolled into, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, competitive fly fishing is really cute, you know, kind of catching on and there were already teams competing at both the national and the world level. Um, uh, just to kind of 
throw things out there. Um, uh, Team North Carolina um, was was a big one in the beginning that really kind of started um, Team Deadrift, which is the team that that Ben and a few other people had kind of already started talking up, and um, and that I decided to join. And there was there's probably a a dozen of us, maybe a couple more. I'm trying to remember that really started that team. And like every weekend we were trying to do something, you know, whether it was, you know, learning something from somebody or trying to start, you know, trying to do like a, like a miniature competition where there may have only been, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 people competing just to kind of get that flow going and learning, you know, little tips and tricks from each other and learning new techniques, you know, with the Euro nymphing and all the different forms of it. Um, and it just kind of kept rolling and, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I met a lot of cool people, um, you know, competitive fishing, you know, of course, you know, was, was that new kid on the block at the time, you know, a lot of people were just kind of like, why would you want to compete? You know, it's fly fishing. We do this to enjoy it. But a lot of people didn't understand that, you know, maybe weren't involved with it, didn't know a lot about it. It's just a bunch of cool guys that just like to go fishing. Right. And this is a cool way to get a bunch of people together. And we even raised money for nonprofit causes. Um, you know, it wasn't all about, you know, oh, I'm winning so much money, you know, uh, oh, my God, you know, like we had chicks hanging off of us and, and big sponsors were coming at us and throwing money at us. We're just out there having fun. You know, I mean, it, it really was. Um, you know, no, it's not for everybody. Maybe, you know, maybe nobody wants to put that competitive part, you know, into their fly fishing, and that's fine, um, you know, but – I met some really cool people that are still really good friends of mine that I would take fishing or go fishing, you know, if they threw me an invite, you know, if I could go, I'd drop everything I could and go with them, you know, without question. I mean, you know, some really cool dudes. And and we're talking about people who were 16 years old all the way up to, you know, 50, 60 years old, just enjoying it, having a good time, Um, you know, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I learned a ton um, about oh, sure. fly fishing, you know, and I add, yeah, and I added a lot of different cool little tools, you know, to throw in my toolbox. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, nymphing, I'd never do that, or oh, you're a nymphing, I'd never do that. Why would you do that? Well, you know what? It's a, you don't have to do it all the time. I don't do it all the time. That's not the only thing that I do. That's not the only technique that I use when I go fly fishing. But it's a tool in my toolbox, and there's certain days and certain spots and certain rivers or creeks or whatever, where that's the ticket and I'm going to outfish you. Not because I'm necessarily a better fisherman than you, but I'm using the better tool that day. What, but, are, um, what are the, uh, yeah, I did it for about three years. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying I, I did it for about three years and then just got busy with other things. Um, I stepped into some other roles and started guiding more. And, um, I just, I couldn't keep up with the, every weekend having you know having a lot to do you know planning a comp and participating i just felt like i wasn't giving enough time towards that so you know i had a little conversation with ben and i was like you know i'll there's something i can do or you know i'll try to do this or that and the other i said but i'm just not in a place right now where i can really give my 100 percent to this right now so i kind of took a step right. back and you know i still keep up with those guys and uh and um you know keep track of what they're doing and um, things like that. But, you know, as far as my role as a competitive fly fisher, I pretty much just kind of stepped away from it. You know, I may, may revisit it down the road and never say never, but for now I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. How does uh, scoring work for that? Is it biggest fish, most fish? What? How does that work? So typically we do it by in, um, 
I'm sorry, by um, score, you have placing points, and then um, you'll have total inches, which will get tallied up, and um, or total fish caught, depending on. We've kind of done it a couple ways. I think we started out doing inches, but um, what kind of the standard is is um, total fish caught, and then placing points. So, say you've got three or four people um, that are in a flight. So those people are going to compete during a certain window of the day. Um, so they're fishing for two hours, which was typically, um, you know, the length of time that you had fishing, maybe up to three hours, depending on the, on the competition. Um, but so you have four people in that, in that flight and they're each fishing a different section of river Creek. Um, if, Angler number uh, angler number one, or we'll say A. Angler A caught five fish. Angler B caught four fish. Angler C caught three fish, and then D caught two fish. Well, the guy that catches the most fish, he's going to get one placing point. Okay, and then so on and so forth. So the next one's going to get the next highest count is going to get two placing points, and then three, then four. Um, so it's kind of like golf at the end of the day. You want to have the least amount of points. Um, placing points possible. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. So it was, you know, as far as most of our, um, competitions and tournaments went, it was all about placing points. Um, and then say you had a tie with, um, with, uh, placing points. Um, then it would go down to either number of fish caught or inches of fish caught, um, depending on how the tournament was, um, was structured. So there were there were those things were kind of like tiebreakers more than anything, but it was all about those placing points. You wanted the least amount of placing points possible at the end of the day. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Interesting. So yeah, I'm not I'm not very familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, like, it sounds like a lot. Yeah, it does. It does sound like a lot. Yeah. Once you got used to seeing, yeah. Once you got used to, yeah, it, it sounds like a lot, and it could get if you. Start, it's not about too much and you got lost on the scoring board, you know, it, it could be easy to do, but then at the end of the day, all you want to do is catch as many fish as you could. Right. Um, you know, that way you could assure that you had the least amount of placing points in the, at the end of the day. Right. Awesome. Um, but after doing it, you know, weekend after weekend after weekend, you just get used to it. Yeah. And it was just kind of a, it sounds complicated trying to explain it, but once you see like a scoring board, you kind of get it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, you know, besides that, I know you're also uh, a contributor to Gink and Gasoline. Um, tell people who might not be familiar with G&G what that is and a little bit about what you do there. Um, so Gink and Gasoline is a essentially a fly fishing blog um, that got started this year will be July 4th will be year number six um, that it's actually been running and going. Um and about, and this is my third year um, that I've been involved. Um, but essentially, what it is is a is a running blog, and every day we're throwing something fresh. You know, we're trying to do something educational, gear review related, uh, gear review related, um, or maybe some creative writing thrown in there. Um, reviews on like trips, you know, trips that we've taken with certain outfitters or. Um, you know, just our own accounts of things that's happened to us on the water. Um, you know, I, whether it be a funny story that happened to us when we were guiding a, you know, a guy, uh, 
a, uh, a client one day or what have you. It's just kind of a mashup of anything that we can think of that can be useful to somebody else on the water one day. Um, you know, we want to be, you know, the big thing with, um, with the blog, um, Lewis Cahill is the guy, kind of the mastermind behind the whole thing. Um, him and uh, Ken Cleewan got it started six years ago, um, and it was just kind of a, an idea that they had, and they just kind of ran with it. And uh, next thing you know, it's kind of taken off, and it's it's become a, a pretty successful little venture. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I kind of, I stepped in about yeah I stepped in about three years ago to help manage um, the social media. Um, so if you see something crazy posted up on Facebook <laughs> or uh, Instagram or Twitter or something, and it's got G and G's name on it, then I probably did it. So, um, but uh, but we're posting you know we post up links every morning. Um, you know, to whatever's the new thing on the blog that day, um, you know, and then I'll go and um, put that on Instagram as well. And and then we also like to share a lot of our, you know, a lot of people like to, um, you know, see cool stuff and new things, you know, on Facebook and things like that. You know, I'll run across something neat on Facebook. You know, we're not all about sharing our stuff. We want to share anything that's useful. Um, right. you know, so I'll see stuff on, you know, Echo Fly Fishing site or Sims page or an Orvis page, you know, I'm like, Hey, that could be useful or that's funny or, you know, it might make somebody laugh or, you know, make, make, make somebody raise an eyebrow, you know, and think a little bit more about what they do on the water. So we'll, we'll throw that out there. Um, you know, we just want to get people out there and, and, um, you know, help them out on the water and help them get involved, um, with fly fishing and, you know, and be inclusive, you know, not exclusive. Yeah, um, that's absolutely. one of Lewis's big things. You know, there's there's enough assholes out there in the world. You know, and there's there's plenty of that. You know, we don't want to be that. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's really made Dinkin Gasoline successful over the years um, is the fact that you know there's there's plenty of negativity out in the world. We're not going to be that person. We're not going to be that place for you to go and find any of that. You know, we're we're just going to throw out good content that's useful, helpful, you know, and inclusive and, and just let it ride. Um, you know, and if people like it, they're going to follow us. And if not, that's fine. You know, there's, there's plenty of other places to go and, and find good information about fly fishing. Um, you know, we try to keep it exciting and interesting as we can. Um, you know, but it's not going to, it's still not going to be for everybody. You know, we all (laughs) have different opinions of different things and that's fine. Yeah. Right. So, right. you know, but it's, but it's good. I mean, we've got, you know, it's been, it's been booming. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's growing every year. Um, you know, our, our audience gets, uh, gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it's kind of, it's a little humbling to, to Lewis and to hear the numbers coming out of his mouth. I'm like, wow, you know, a lot of people really do pay attention to what the hell yeah. we're doing. And you write <laughs> but, for them, uh, you write for yeah, them as we well do. as doing social media, correct? <clears throat> Yeah, I also do a lot of, um, you know, I do contribute articles and things like that. Um, I try to keep something up at least once a week, um, you know, keeping up with with some of the demand. Um, but um, Lewis does the majority of the writing now. Um, and then we've still got some, some stuff coming from Kent. And then um, Bob Reese has recently come on to do a lot of our fly tying stuff, which has been really helpful. He's a really cool guy and um, does some great tying videos and stuff for us and, and does does some good write-ups for them. So, but, but we also have a lot of other contributor contributors kind of throughout that um, that kind of add to our uh, 
our repertoire of of content, you know, as far as saltwater and you know, fishing abroad and and just a little bit of everything. We we try to we try to put in as much as everything as we can, you know, and not just be, you know, so heavy on, you know, trout. Right. Um, you know, it, it it's hard to do sometimes, but you know, we we try to we try to grab a little bit of everything. But uh, but it's been good so far. It's been it's been a lot of fun and. Um, we have a lot of fun with it and we have a lot of cool ideas and a lot of good stuff coming down the road. So it's, awesome. it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll be, de, uh, we'll be paying attention for it. I, that's definitely a website that, uh, I, I check out fairly often. So I, I get a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. We really appreciate the support. We always, we always love hearing feedback from our readers, you know, yeah. cause that's just, that's just someone else that we know that is that is reading our blog and, and following us, which is awesome because that you know helps us keep things going, and then it also gives us you know constructive feedback, you know, as far as you know what they may want to hear, what they want to see more of. You know, right. so that kind of helps us guide us in the right direction as far as what everybody wants. Yeah. So I know you said one of the things you guys do at G and G is put uh, trip. Uh, kind of details and reviews up. Do you have a, a, a trip that you could share with us that maybe kind of stands out in your mind um, that, you know, as kind of like a, maybe, maybe one of the top trips you've taken? Oh, that was easy, easy. Um, Patagonia by far. Yeah. Um, has been the, the coolest experience that I've had, whether it be, whether I picked up a rod and fished at all, um, would have still been one of the most awesome experiences that I've had period. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to fish in some really cool places. Um, but that one is still stuck with me. Um, and I'll, and I'm hoping if I don't make it back this year, um, we've got another trip going in January. Um, we're actually hosting a trip, um, back down in Argentina, um, in January of 2018. Um, and we're doing a little different this year. Um, we're going to do half of the trip is going to be in Patagonia, um, for trout. And then the other half of the trip is going to be in Northern Argentina, um, close to the Brazilian border for uh, Golden Dorado. So anybody out there that's interested in doing something crazy like that, it's an option and it's out there and we're doing it. Um, but, um, and that's a hosted trip through G. But the trip that I did, that is going to be a host trip. Yeah, that'll be a host trip of Lewis okay. um, in January of 2018. Okay. Um, so we're actually booking all that stuff now. But but as far as the trip that I went on, it was it was um, it was 10 days in Argentina, um, and we fished a bunch of local rivers. It was all trout. We fished the Illuminé, the Mageo, um, and then uh, we did a. Um, three night overnight, um, camp float, camp float trip, whatever you want to call it, um, down, down the, uh, Lamai river in Argentina. Um, That's and wild. aside from, yeah, aside from just the awesome fishing that you would expect down there, I mean, it is amazing. Um, it just, everything about that place was awesome. And you find a Bariloche, um, you know, and then you're taking a two, three hour ride out to the ranch, um, you know, and you're staying at this really cool place. And of course the people there are just amazing, you know, even in town, um, you know, everyone's just awesome. The culture down there is just amazing. The, the scenery is just awe inspiring. Um, you know, and then, and even after all that awesomeness, you get thrown on a raft with a guide who could 
put a boat anywhere within, you know, a couple of inches <laughs> and put you on just fish all day and do any and everything that needed to be done to make a successful day. Um, you know, I mean, everything from, you know, preparing your lunch to, you know, I buried a, um, a size two streamer in my scalp, you know, basically sewed my buff and my hat to my head. Ouch. And within about three seconds, yeah, well, within about three seconds, he already had the hook out of my head and was throwing on alcohol on it and like trying to discon- disinfect it and all that good stuff. And I was like, okay. And I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> I was just wow. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. He probably was right. like, he's, he's in pain. Like, yeah. He's in pain right now. Let's just get it done and he'll, he'll be in and out. Yeah, well, it actually got a pretty good photo of it. It's me uh, flicking Lewis off because, of course, he had a grand all time with that. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was it was it was one of those trips that you know the day you left, you're just you're almost sad because you had to leave, and you're like, all right, when can I get back? You know, and you know, I even told my wife when I got home, I was like, if I wasn't married and didn't have a kid, I would not have come back. Yeah. I really don't think I would have. You know, if there was any way for me to illegally or legally stay, whatever I had been, I might have stayed. I'm just saying. But um, I even told <laughs> her, awesome. I was like, you know, even if you and I go back and don't even touch a fishing rod, I said, you have to go. Yeah. I was like, because this place is, like, that's one of those places you just want to share with everybody because it's just amazing. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's anybody out the there who is just, yeah, I mean, anybody out there, you know, thinking, you know, what what's my next destination trip going to be? It has got like I would totally tell you it has got to be that you know just for the the whole all around experience you know it's just awesome. Very cool. Well, hey Justin, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, we'll let you go here, but before uh, we do, if you guys want to get a hold of Justin, you can find him on Instagram at Wicked Justin Pickett, um, or you can check out flyshopco.com uh, to book a trip with Justin. Also, catch him on geekandgasoline.com um, and their Instagram as well. I'll put all of those links in the show notes at guidedlines.com. Uh, Jason, we really appreciate it, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. I really Justin, did I just call you? Did I just call you Jason? I'm sorry, Justin. You did, but you know what? It's funny. It happens <laughs> all the time, and it's totally all good. Sorry about that. Yeah, Justin. Well, hey, take care, man, and we will talk to you soon. All right, man. You guys have a good one. Yeah, take care. Again. All right. Thanks to Justin for coming on the podcast today. Uh, make sure to reach out to him. We will put all of his contact information in the show notes at guidedlines.com. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at guidedlinespodcast. Shoot us an email if you've got something to say at guidedlinesinfo at gmail.com. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate you guys tuning in this week. We're going to keep these things turning out every week, so make sure to tune in next week, and we will talk to you guys then.